Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. Tonight we have with us the poet Mario Bayatine. Uh, David Shook and Jacob Steinberg. Mario is a Mexican writer who has published dozens of novels, uh, major and minor works. Uh, David Shook is a translator who has worked with Mario multiple times, and Jacob is also a translator, a poet, and a critic. Uh, I'm going to let you guys take it away from me, from me now. So, here you go. Thanks so much. Thank you, Vernon, and thanks to Skylight. And thanks to all of you for coming out to this event. Is there anyone here that needs a Tecate? I see a lot of thirsty faces. <laughs> I encourage you to get one. If you do, feel thirsty. And I'd like to thank you for coming out to this event, which is put on by Phony Media, a not-for-profit publishing house of world literature and translation. Some of our recent books include the first-ever literary translation from the Uyghur language of far western China, and this book, Jacob the Mutant. Without further ado, I'm going to leave you to a short bilingual reading by Mario and his translator, Jacob, which will follow up with a Q&A. So, guys, take it away. Thank you, David. Thank you. Um, so, so normally... The, the original language would come first and then the translation would come second, but we decided to switch it up so that people who maybe know some Spanish but not a ton might have an easier time following Mario. Um, so we'll read back and forth in tandem for a little bit and then we'll break and then we'll come back later. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> the Border. Jacob Pliniak is presented to the reader as one of the simplest beings in the world. Considered a rabbi in a small community, he dedicates a good part of his day to teaching scripture to the village family's children. He is married to Julia, and together they own a tavern called The Border. Eh, buenas tardes. Eh, eh, yo voy a seguir las palabras de Jake. Será cier serán ciertas. Jacobo Pliniak se presenta al lector como uno de los seres más elementales del universo. Considerado como rabino en su pequeña comunidad, dedica buena parte de la jornada a enseñar las escrituras a los hijos de las familias del poblado. Está casado con Julia y juntos poseen una taberna llamada La Frontera. The young Anselm helps them with their task. The days are hectic. Jacob Pliniak rises at dawn. Following the ritual prayers and his baths, fully clothed and with cold water, as if a personal penance, he awaits the arrival of his pupils, who enter the shed out back in silence. Los ayuda en las tareas el joven Anselm. 
Las jornadas son agitadas. Jacobo Pliñac se levanta al amanecer. Luego de las oraciones rituales y de sus baños, vestido con agua fría a manera de penitencia personal, espera la llegada de sus pupilos, quienes ingresan en silencio al cobertizo que se ha construido en la parte trasera. Just shortly prior, the bustle in the tavern has come to a close. Many of those present, soldiers and peasants in flight, or women, for the most part of unknown origin, sleep among the tables, asleep provoked by the excesses of the night. Julia and the young Anselm have managed the tavern until early morning. They've been attentive to the guests, all the while trying their best not to meddle with their conduct. Poco antes, ha terminado la animación en la taberna. Muchos de los asistentes, soldados y campesinos en fuga o mujeres de origen desconocido, la mayor parte, vuelven entre las mesas un sueño producido por los excesos nocturnos. Julia y el joven Ansel han regentado la taberna hasta la madrugada. Brindaron atención a los huéspedes, tratando de inmiscuirse lo menos posible en sus conductas. Julia has gone to sleep at daybreak, and the bed that Jacob Planeric has just left. The wife will not get up until noontime. Before drifting to sleep, making out the sounds of Jacob Planeric's bath, Julia tends to wonder about that very peculiar way in which her husband does penance. She likewise asks herself why he has never been taken for a legitimate rabbi. Julia se ha acostado al alba en la cama que Jacobo Pliniak acaba de abandonar. La mujer no se levantará sino hasta el mediodía. Antes de dormirse, mientras escucha el sonido que produce el singular baño de Jacobo Pliniak, Julia suele preguntarse por aquella manera tan especial que tiene su marido de hacer penitencia. A veces se cuestiona también las razones por las que nunca había sido visto como un rabino genuino. In reality, he was not a rabbi in the full sense of the word. If he were, his wife would not be allowed to manage the tavern, even less so until the early morning hours. The Border was perhaps one of the least known works of the Austrian writer Joseph Roth. A complete translation has yet to surface, although fragments have shown up, like the lines offered above, in specialty magazines in Paris and on the west coast of the States. En realidad, no era un rabino en todo el sentido de la palabra. De haberlo sido, su mujer no hubiera podido regentar la taberna, menos hasta tan altas horas de la madrugada. La frontera quizás sea una de las obras menos conocidas del escritor austríaco Joseph Roth. No se dispone aún de una traducción en regla, pero han aparecido fragmentos, como el ofrecido líneas antes, en revistas especializadas, tanto de París como de la costa oeste de los Estados Unidos. The Strumfield Publishing House in Frankfurt holds an old edition in its archives that is believed to be complete. While the independent publishing house, Kiepenheuer and Witch, has another version that many hold is just composed of a series of fragments. In Frankfurt, the editorial Strumfield possesses in its archives an antigua edition that is supposed integral to the work. The editorial independent, Kiepenheuer, Witch and Witch, has another version that for many is composed solo by a series of fragments. Nobody knows why, but to this day, neither of the two has been published. Many exegetes assert that a more thorough investigation has yet to be carried out, one that would allow the compilation of the immense quantity of papers dispersed about that are thought to compose the book in its totality. It is not known what Joseph Roth thought of this novel. Given that he never finished it, he did not live to see it published. Nadie sabe por qué, 
pero hasta ahora no se ha publicado ninguna de las dos. Muchos exégetas aseguran que falta un trabajo de investigación más riguroso que permita recolectar la inmensa cantidad de papeles dispersos que, se piensa, componen el libro en su totalidad. Se desconoce lo que pensaba Joseph Roth acerca de esta novela que, por no haber terminado nunca, no vio publicada jamás. One of the women who accompanied him in his final years, an English investigator based out of Paris, insists that the writer never parted from the text, and that he always went about writing it in a state of complete inebriation. In some way, it seems to be the novel whose editing he reserved for those moments when he was intoxicated. Una de las mujeres que lo acompañó en los años finales, cierta investigadora inglesa radicada en París, asegura que el escritor jamás se separó del texto y que lo escribía siempre sumergido en un estado de total embriaguez. De alguna manera, parece tratarse de la novela que se reservó para redactar cuando estaba ebrio. It is a curious fact that, according to the testimony of that very investigator, when he was creating the legend of the holy drinker and other texts directly related to alcohol, he would not allow even a pint of beer in his presence while he wrote. That is why this text, The Border, may be considered a type of treatise created through the author's unconscious. Es curioso comprobar, según los testimonios de la misma investigadora, que cuando creó la leyenda del santo bebedor y otros libros relacionados de manera directa con el alcohol, no se permitió durante el tiempo en el que los estuvo redactando ni una pinta de cerveza. Es por eso que se puede considerar este texto, La Frontera, como una especie de tratado hecho a través del inconsciente del autor. There's nobody in the small county of Korsyakov who does not know Jacob Pliniak's tavern, says one of the book's beginnings. They all know that through its only window, it is possible to take in the panorama that spans from the town center, with the towers of that strange, mysterious castle in the background, to the small hut that serves as a border marker. On summer days, as in winter, one can see the hut lit up at night with a faint yellow light, a light that constantly seems to grow close and then distant, transforming the border into a point of deceptive existence. The author indicates in another of the text openings. No existe nadie en el pequeño condado de Korsiakov que no conozca la taberna de Jacobo Pliniak, dice uno de los comienzos del libro. Todos saben que, a través de su única ventana, es posible apreciar el panorama que va desde el centro del poblado, con las torres del extraño y anónimo castillo como fondo, hasta la pequeña caseta que sirve de hito fronterizo. Tanto en los días de verano como de invierno se puede ver, especialmente en las noches, la caseta iluminada por una, con una débil luz amarilla que parece acercarse y alejarse en forma constante, lo que transforma la frontera en un punto de engañosa existencia, señala el autor en otro de los inicios. Both beginnings seem to have been written during Joseph Roth's younger years, when he hadn't yet abandoned his native Galicia. Nevertheless, it would be hasty to consider this text a developmental work, given that, in a certain way, the same narrative lines found in this novel mark his later works as well. There's also the fact that it is a text that the author never stopped writing. Ambos comienzos parecen haber sido escritos durante los años de juventud de Joseph Roth, cuando no abandonaba aún su Galicia natal. No obstante, sería algo apresurado considerar este texto como una obra de aprendizaje, pues, de alguna manera, los libros posteriores se encuentran marcados por las líneas narrativas presentes en este libro. Se trata, además, de un texto que el autor jamás dejó de escribir. 
For some, Jacob Pliniak's plot takes on an exceedingly basic tone. They think it merely has to do with the story of a shopkeeper, the owner of a bordern town tavern. The tavern, in reality, is only a cover for an escape route for scores of Jews fleeing the Russian pogroms. Para algunos, las acciones de Jacobo Pliniak presentan un tono sumamente básico. Creen que se trata solo de la historia de un comerciante dueño de una taberna fronteriza. La taberna, en realidad, parecía ser solo una pantalla que servía como vía de escape a decenas de judíos que huían de los pogroms rusos. Those readers don't seem to pay heed to the adventures that Jacob Pliniak will take part in years later in America, at which point he will even transform into an elderly woman, the pious Rose Pliniansen. Esos lectores no parecen reparar en las aventuras que Jacobo Pliniak iría a protagonizar en América años después, cuando incluso se transforma en una anciana mujer, la piadosa dama Rosa Pliniansen. What a thrilling reading. <laughs> Jacob, I'd, I'd like to start by asking you a question about the book as it appears, Jacob the Mutant, because the original Spanish language manuscript mutated quite a bit in its journey to this edition. Can you tell us a little about that? I can. <laughs> um, so... So the so there's several sections to the book, um, which Jacob the Mutant, Jacob the Mutant se publicó en qué año? La edición original. La original, como en el 2002. Like 2002, the original book was published, and it was a much shorter novella, and it was that novella that that after already knowing Mario for for a few years, I had to read it in a, in a college course, and that I fell in love with because there were certain elements. Um, I was a Judaic studies minor, and there were certain elements of, of Kabbalah and uh, of Jewish mysticism in it that were so true, but used in a very innovative way. And a conversation, a sort of dialogue began between myself and Mario for a while about these texts, and I started to send him... When we were looking at, at the English translation of the book, and, and when I was in discussions with Phoneme to publish it, I was also sending Mario texts in, in Hebrew and Aramaic and, and translating them quite literally to Spanish to say, you know, these texts support sort of what's going on in the book, and they give sort of a critical basis to, to what you, these ideas that you drew on. And, and like that, a sort of dialogue began that, that spun off and kind of inspired Mario to write a, a background text to explain and go deeper into some of these concepts and these ideas. And then we kind of, before even it came out in English, this new version was recompiled in, in Mexico where it was called Jacobo Reloaded, like Jacob Reloaded. Um, With, with a whole wealth of new texts, uh, including a text that I wrote in Spanish to sort of supplement the, the original letter that I had written to Mario and, and kind of incorporating a lot of these Hebrew and Aramaic texts. And it, I mean, the new texts are like five times the length of the, the original novella. So you definitely get a lot of bang for your buck when you buy the phoneme edition. I think you're biased. <laughs> Mario, I, I'd like to ask you about 
the idea of mutation and how you use mutation in your fiction as a tool or strategy. Bueno, eh, podemos ver que el texto mutó también, ¿no? O sea, cuando se tradujo, no hubo una traducción, sino una mutación, ¿no? Que hizo que el texto avanzara, eh, se creciera cinco veces del texto original. Entonces, yo creo que nunca. I told him he has to. We're going to do short phrases. So he, he so um, he said that we can see that even even the text itself mutated. That the translation uh, we can see in the process that it wasn't a direct translation, but rather a mutation. That the text was able to grow five times of, from what it originally was. Eh, entonces. Eh, justamente en este libro de la mutación. Eh, fue perfecta la pregunta que hizo Jake ¿no? de, en, en el momento de, de que iba a traducirlo y yo pensé que era la oportunidad para que fuera un libro que tuviera el fondo y la forma ¿no? eh, hablara de una mutación y también que el propio texto mutara en sí mismo so um, the, the, now I just sound egotistical so the question that the questions or the provocations that I made toward Mario were uh, perfect in the moment that I was beginning to translate the text because it, it kind of provoked or, or inspired a mutation of the text so that the, what happens in the text actually happened with the text itself que contar cuál es la pregunta ¿no? que me diste la gente no sabe cuál es la pregunta no me acuerdo cuál es la pregunta. No, no, pero te voy a decir cuál es la pregunta. Ah, what is, okay, so he's going to tell me what the question is. De que cuando tú me hiciste la pregunta de... I don't remember what question I asked. Yeah, pero lo hiciste. Y por eso es que el libro creció. Este, que me dijiste que según el Soar y, y, el, y la Cábala, las cosas que se decían en el libro eran verdaderas. It's true. Okay, so, so, uh, pero eso pasó an mucho antes de traducir el libro. In reality, uh, before I even, tr I'm remembering now what he's saying, even before translating the book, because when I read this book in a class, I had to write about it, um, th that at one point I did ask him for the, 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 the kind of fundamentos, uh, the basis for certain ideas that he had drawn upon for the book, where, where he found them in the Zohar and where he found them in the Torah. And that, that's actually what began this kind of investigation into texts on my part and this dialogue. Before, that was years before even translating the book, just out of curiosity. Sí, y ahí comenzó un diálogo a partir de esa pregunta sobre la sorpresa que me causó que el traductor preguntara o tú preguntaras antes de, de ser traductor sobre la verdad, lo verdadero judío que había en el Eso texto. Eso me había olvidado, ¿sabes? I had completely forgotten about that question before. Pero ese fue el punto de partida para yo comenzar a mutar el libro. So he says that that question, which kind of took him by surprise from uh, from someone reading his book, who would later become the translator, actually provoked the mutation or inspired the mutation of the text itself to begin. I'm very happy to announce that we have an incredibly special guest among us tonight, all the way from Hungary, via Mexico. And that is Sue Skurka, who illustrated the cover, which is a detail from a series of 
maps that are included in the book uh, which describe the simple, straightforward narrative of Jacob the Mutant. And I thought I'd invite Sue up to ask her a little bit about how these maps came to be. Thank you, David, to remind me. <laughs> I'm really happy to be with, be with you here. So, it, actually, it was a fun story because Mario, a good friend of mine, was when he was writing the book, he was sending the parts of the text and parts of the book, and and finally he was just like by email, and he was just like, okay, let's see each other and 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 let's talk about the book. What do you think? So and I was just like, oh, Mario, it was so complicated <laughs> that I had to draw some some maps to understand it for me. And he was just like, what? But was it? Show show me, show me, show me. And that's why we we began to to work together. And now we have several projects with with these maps. So I think it was a really f fun story to. To, to to work together, to beginning to work together. Thank you, Sue. I'll also note that Sue is a psychiatrist, so she has a little experience with convoluted narratives. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, tell me about your translators afterward, which is slightly unusual. It is unusual. Um... It's 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 weird. It's interesting. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna spoil it, I guess, for anybody who's here because there's no way to talk about it other than doing that. But in a completely separate personal narrative. Um, so you, so from the part that we read already of the novella, everyone knows that this guy Jacob transforms into Rose Plinianson, who's his stepdaughter, many years later, um, and on a side. Did I just imagine a cat running by? It was real. Is there a cat back there? Okay. Um, so <laughs> had to check that I'm not losing my mind. Um, so, so I have a great grandmother that was like always referred to in my family. My, my dad's parents divorced when he was very young, and, and my dad is like estranged from his father. And but I've known my grandfather a little bit growing up, and I've always known that his mother also had divorced from my great-grandfather when my grandfather was only three years old and that for years she was only referred to as the lady in red. She had had an affair and my great-grandfather remarried quickly and she was cut out of his life. And I didn't even know her name for so many years. And in, in high school I became like interested in genealogy and I knew everything about every part of the family except this one woman. And she kind of grew as this myth in the family. And then finally when I was 18, you know, my grandfather... Uh, I insisted on going to see him and he told me her name which was like he would never his entire life he wouldn't admit what her real name was lest somebody find her and um, for years I forgot about this woman I knew no details about her and then in the course of translating the book at a certain point her name is Rose Eigen and uh, in the course of translating the book in a kind of unrelated way um, I, I was like back on the Ancestry.com account and learning that her parents and grandparents were buried in a cemetery in Queens. And I started making visits to the cemetery. And I knew the whole story about her. And so um, 
it's very interesting because there are certain details of her life that match or parallel or counter certain details of my life. And I was growing convinced that I was the reincarnation of her great-grandfather, and I went to this Kabbalistic astrologer about it. And she she was like, you, you're you not the reincarnation of your great-grandfather. You're the reincarnation of your great-grandmother. And um, and I became like exceedingly convinced of this. And so I told Mario about these details, that I was Rose reincarnated as Jacob. And it, there's like a cheating theme and also sorts of things that are kind of have to do with other things that occur in Jacob the Mutant and Mario was like you got to write this I'm about to republish it in Spanish and I need this story because it's proof that people people think these things I write are so absurd or so ridiculous or so fictitious and they happen in the real world so that's that's the after I don't afterward is like yeah it's an afterward that's it that's the text it's great. Mario, I think a great follow-up question to that. I know a lot of people are convinced that you're nothing more than a, a liar and a cheat. <laughs> and, you know, many people, because Jacob the Mutant is translated by Jacob the Translator, they've assumed that he's fake, you know, that maybe we just used Google Translate. I know even Jacob, the translator, thought that Sue was fake until he met her today. I still think she might be an actress that Mario paid very well to play the part. <laughs> But Mario, I guess my question for you is whether there is any value in parsing fact from fiction. Siempre hay una tengo una como teoría que no puedo comprobar, ¿no? Que es por eso es interesante que siempre la mantengo, ¿no? Es que la escritura como profecía, ¿no? Entonces de pronto cuando hice la primera versión de Jacobo el mutante, ¿no? De alguna manera estaba yo totalmente como llevado por en un estado, ¿no? Que no sabía a dónde me iba a dirigir y una vez más eh, compruebo, ¿no? en virtud de todo lo que está sucediendo ahora, eh, que eh, era por algo, ¿no? que tenía que aparecer Jake en mi vida, ¿no? años después que nos conocimos en Nueva York, después eh, ustedes, después su, o sea, todo esto que se arma de tal manera que va a acabar en la película, ¿no? en la película que hicimos en el cementerio de Brooklyn con la tumba de la abuela. Uh, we encourage Mario to speak speak longer so that there's some mutation of the translation. <laughs> um, I I think I got I hopefully got it all down. Uh, I might be paraphrasing a bit, but so Mario has a theory that he um, hasn't been able to prove, and I I don't know that it can be proven scientifically at least that um, that writing this concept of writing as prophecy and he, he believes that he wrote Jacob the Mutant in a certain state of trance and that a lot of the things that he wrote came in a, a certain automatic state and so he believes that at the time of writing it it was it was destined to come that years later I would appear named Jacob as the translator of the book and that later you know David and, and his publishing team would appear to publish it and that uh Zuzana would appear to illustrate it and even um, he's referring to a short film that we began to shoot um, 
actually in Queens at the cemetery where my 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 great great grandparents and my great 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 grandparents are buried. Which I'll interject coincidentally that the that my grand my my grandmother, the other side of the family, who would marry the son of Rose Eigen, her her grandparents and great grandparents are also coincidentally buried just a few plots away in the same cemetery. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, okay, so that's the end of the answer. On that note, I'd like to open up the questions to our audience. If anybody's got a question for Mario or Jacob or me or Sue or uh, anyone else really and I'll, I'll also remind you holdouts that we selected a very special craft beer from Mario's country of origin for tonight it's called uh, Tecate and there are still plenty of them if anyone would like one questions you sir on the front row. Uh, well, first let me say I appreciate the insights that I saw in your book, though I haven't finished it. And uh, I appreciate your eloquence in expressing that. Um, but I wanted to ask you about your grandfather, since he appears in the book a number of times. And I'm wondering if you view your grandfather as an actual person or an archetype at this point. Since how, could, how well could you have known him being, you know, you said you were holding his hand and then he was, that's the last, he passed away. You don't even know how. So, how do you view your grandfather at this point, looking back at this point? Mi abuelo en este libro habla en yiddish, ¿no? Es un, es, eh, habla una, una lengua que no que está prohibida de, en, en el lugar donde, donde crece. Corto ya es. No, creo que quería que ah. so his, his, <laughs> No estuve prestando mucha atención. Um, his, his, so his grandfather uh, spoke in, in yiddish which was a language which was prohibited at the time where he was living. Pero eso lo tenía yo de un texto anterior que hablaba otro idioma, porque la idea es que vaya mutando de diferentes lenguas, ¿no? Las lenguas proscritas, las lenguas oficiales. So this concept he had already in a, in a previous text where his grandfather spoke a different language and, and here kind of the idea that his grandfather's language mutates or transforms from text to text, but always a kind of forbidden or, or outdated language, dead language. Sí, y la idea es eh, final sería de tratar de, de insertar este libro dentro de la tradición judía, ¿no? el cual me parece a mí que un gran representante es Joseph Roth, eh, como narrativa del siglo XX, este, que eh, logre construir la misma máscara sin tiempo y sin espacio que tienen todos mis libros. So this was part of an attempt to insert this book into the Jewish tradition um, 
and doing so through the the Jewish author Joseph Roth uh, to make this book kind of fit with a, an element of all of Mario's books, which is que dice el final de máscara de que del no tiempo y no el espacio, ¿no? En este caso está cubierta por la, un libro de tradición uh, so, judía. So wearing a mask to kind of remove the elements of of space and time, which in this case would be the mask of kind of being steeped in Jewish tradition. Any further questions for Maria to sort of answer? <laughs> yes, you sir. What are the your antecedents in, in the Jewish tradition? I mean, are you are you aware of influences or inspirations in the, in the Jewish literary tradition specifically? Or are you you know channeling them without conscious intention? Eh, como dije al principio es para mantener el no tiempo y el no espacio tengo varios libros en distintas tradiciones no hay un, algunos libros de la tradición japonesa otros de tradición árabe de tradición judía so as he said earlier it's it's part of um It's all for the sake of maintaining this kind of no time and no space element in his novels. So he has different books that serve as reference, some from Japanese tradition, some from um, Arab traditions, some from Jewish traditions. Sí, con la, con la idea de, de y entonces hay, es, es una conversación de alguna forma con mis autores favoritos, pero no en el sentido de, de intentar quedarme en una sola, sino sino la literatura como en constante eh, transformación. So it's a way for him to be in conversation with his favorite authors, but not ever with one specific author, but rather to be in conversation with literature in its state of mutation or transformation. I think we've got time for one last question before these guys close us out with another short passage from the book Jacob the Mutant, after which they and Sue will be more than happy to inscribe your books, perhaps even add a little drawing. <laughs> might cost extra, I'm not sure. That can be negotiated. But we've got time for one more question. Yes. Sí, eh, es curioso porque es una mutación hacia atrás. Si, si leemos, si vemos este libro como un tratado político, eh, hay una mutación de cómo se trató de crear la distinción en algo que no la tiene. No, eh, so it's it's interesting. Sometimes sometimes it's a little hard to translate when you don't know where it's going, but it's interesting because it's a mutation going backwards. Uh, in, in the sense of if you look at this book through a political lens, it's trying to create a distinction or a separation where one didn't exist. Sí, este libro estuvo fue escrito eh, 
durante los ataques de Israel a Palestina y tratando en ese tiempo de decir que el pensamiento es el mismo, ¿no? que es una, una guerra que es política y no es de principios ni es religiosa. So this book was composed at the time of Israeli attacks against Palestinians and it was a, a sort of attempt to show that the thoughts, the, the background philosophically or, or religiously are, are one and the same. Sí, que la, que la diferencia es, no, no es, ¿no? Es, es regresar a los orígenes eh, eh, semitas, ¿no? que son similares, que son iguales, iguales, ¿no? El monoteísmo. So it was to go back sort of to the to to the basic kind of belief that they're shared. It's shared beliefs that it's monotheism, that a shared Semitic Semitic beliefs that kind of are the basis of both thought processes. And that. Um, so we'll read. We'll read that. The first part was from the original novella, and now we'll read from the uh, newer texts that were addended. So this section is called "Affairs with Respect to Jacob the Mutant." That it would be good not to forget or leave to chance. One o one. It seems important to me that any interested party, having arrived at this point of the book Jacob the Mutant, as well as of the text that attempts to respond to the relevance of having written it, keep in mind a set of elements that I, as author, hold under consideration. Asuntos con respecto a Jacobo el Mutante que sería bueno no dejar olvidados ni echados al azar. Me parece importante para cualquier interesado que haya llegado hasta este punto, tanto del libro Jacobo el Mutante como del texto que intenta responder a la pertinencia de haberlo escrito, que tenga en cuenta una serie de elementos que, como autor, pongo a consideración. When my grandfather would refer to Master Porcupine at the zoo, he would always give me some new explanation or another about the meriotic theory being developed by that teacher. El recuerdo que cuando en el zoológico mencionaba al maestro Spin, mi abuelo siempre daba una nueva explicación acerca de la teoría mariótica que aquel hombre estaba desarrollando en ese entonces. Master Porcupine always wore a black felt hat. In my memories, my grandfather would refer to that hat with precision. He would describe its particularities with such detail. I found it curious that he would do this with such precision, no less, given that my grandfather always walked around bareheaded. El maestro Spin, lo sé, llevaba todo el tiempo un sombrero de fieltro negro. En mis recuerdos, mi abuelo se refería a ese sombrero con exactitud. Solía describir de manera detallada sus particularidades sus particularidades. Me parecía curioso que lo hiciera con esa pulcritud además, pues mi abuelo llevó siempre la cabeza descubierta. This is why the blonde fuzz that grew from his ears was so visible. On more than on more than one occasion, he said that from the time he arrived in the city where we were living, he had come to lose every hat that he had tried to start wearing. It seemed as though his inability to wear a hat was some sort of a vengeance. I think he even expressed as much to me on one occasion. 
Por eso era más que visible una pelusa rubia que le crecía a partir de las orejas. Más de una vez dijo que había ido perdiendo los sombreros que quiso comenzar a usar desde que llegó a la ciudad donde vivíamos. Daba la impresión de que la imposibilidad de llevar sombrero era una especie de venganza. Me parece que me lo expresó en una ocasión. That thought, my grandfather's embarrassment for not wearing a hat, as was the custom, came to me fleetingly in one instant of the prayer I was immersed in. At that moment, I thought of something that seemed absurd, that my grandfather had slowly gone about losing his hats as a sort of vengeance for not having been able to ever pronounce a word in his mother tongue. Aquella idea, la vergüenza de mi abuelo por no llevar sombrero, como era la costumbre, la había aparecer fugazmente en uno de los instantes de oración en, que, en el que me había asumido, en aquel cuarto que me había sugerido la sheika utilizar. En ese momento pensé algo que me pareció absurdo, que mi abuelo había perdido en forma constante los sombreros como una suerte de venganza motivada por no haber podido pronunciar nunca más una palabra en su lengua materna. In that curious instant that took over me in my prayer cell, I would have liked to have learned not just the reasons why my grandfather would constantly lose his hats, but also with what exact words my grandfather made his plea to God, lying in, a, in an open field sown with wheat, for him to assist him in dying. Me hubiera gustado saber también no solo las razones por las que mi abuelo perdía en forma constante los sombreros, sino conocer las palabras exactas que había formulado en la petición que le hizo a Dios para que lo ayudara a morir, allí tirado en un extenso campo de trigo. Perhaps these words do not exist, but if they possess some kind of materialization, it would certainly be found represented in the hats that my grandfather endlessly lost. Quizás esas palabras no existen, pero si poseyeran algún tipo de materialización, seguramente se encontrarían representadas en los sombreros que mi abuelo fue perdiendo sin cesar. My grandfather told me that Master Porcupine was unexpectedly fired from the elementary school where he worked. He was accused of not following the program of studies, as well as using his students as guinea pigs to test what the school administrators felt was a strange theory, with the goal of systematizing it. Mi abuelo me contó que el maestro Spin fue despedido de improviso de la escuela primaria donde trabajaba. Se le acusó de no respetar el programa de estudios y de utilizar a los alumnos como conejillos de indias para comprobar lo que para los directores de la escuela era una extraña teoría que tenía el propósito de sistematizar. At the end of each month, Master Porcupine answered the questions on his students' exams himself. He would also do their homework. He would then turn in the papers to the administration as a progress report for his class. Los fines de mes, el maestro Spin contestaba el mismo los exámenes de sus alumnos, les hacía también las tareas, entregaba luego los documentos a la dirección como reporte del avance del salón a su cargo. Marriottic theory. According to Master Porcupine, something that occurs each time a minimal, isolated incident breaks with an established order, followed by the emergence of a chain of uncontrollable chaos and increasingly absurd acts. Teoría mariótica, según el maestro Spin, suceso que ocurre cada vez que un hecho mínimo y aislado rompe un orden establecido, surgiendo luego una cadena de caos incontrolable y acciones cada vez más absurdas. Um, so we're jumping to page 111. Many a person can ponder the relationship that might exist between this text I am now writing and the book Jacob the Mutant that precedes it. 
Más de uno puede pensar en la relación que podría existir entre este texto que estoy escribiendo ahora y el libro Jacobo el Mutante que lo antecede. The mystery could lie in the idea that stayed with me for many years, that my family thought that my grandfather could have transformed into some kind of animal, plant, or mineral. El misterio puede estar en la idea que tuve durante muchos años, que mi familia pensaba que mi abuelo podía haberse transformado en algo animal, vegetal, o mineral. But no. As I said, my grandfather seemed to find himself situated in a perpetual present, one in which a string of different languages, both living and dead, were able to converge on a single point, him. Pero no, como dije, mi abuelo parecía encontrarse situado en un presente perpetuo, donde una serie de lenguas, tanto vivas como muertas, eran capaces de converger en un solo punto posible, su persona. And only in a present of this nature was the apparition of the sacred sphirot, as well as the idea that there is no God but God, and nothing exists outside of him. Y solo en un presente de esta naturaleza era posible la aparición de los sagrados sefirots, así como la idea de que no hay más Dios que Dios y no existe nada más fuera de lo mismo. Not even a seal fleeing toward the sea could provoke such an occurrence. Some might even ask themselves how it was possible that Jacob wasn't needed for labor the way that the other inhabitants of his town were. He wasn't called upon by the forces of the new order because he remained asleep for the duration of that season. Ni siquiera una foca huyendo hacia el mar puede ser capaz de provocar un suceso semejante. Algunos podrían preguntarse que cómo era posible que Jacobo no hubiera sido requerido para el trabajo como los demás habitantes del poblado. No fue llamado por las fuerzas del nuevo orden porque se mantuvo durmiendo durante aquella temporada. As though floating within the liquid that contains the columns that sustain the world. In any case, questions about the perennial survival of Jacob will have to be asked of the English investigator who rescued the remains of the manuscripts from the German publishers. Como flotando dentro del líquido que contiene las columnas que sostienen al mundo. En todo caso, las preguntas acerca del peren de la perenne supervivencia de Jacobo habría que formulárselas a la investigadora inglesa que rescató los restos de los manuscritos de los editores alemanes. I also don't believe we will ever know Master Porcupine's reasons for trying to develop his Mariotic theory. Likewise, if the martial arts fighter was indeed Bruce Lee himself. Tampoco creo que sepamos nunca cuál fue el objeto del maestro Spin cuando trataba de sacar adelante su teoría, su teoría mariótica. Igualmente, nunca sabremos si el luchador oriental era el mismo Bruce Lee en persona. In the meantime, as these and other mysteries are slowly elucidated, the only thing left as something tangible is this book, Jacob the Mutant. The aforementioned work and the group of camels that I used to visit with my grandfather before he disappeared from my life forever. En tanto, mientras se dilucidan estas y otras incógnitas, lo único que queda como algo tangible es el libro Jacobo el Mutante. La obra mencionada y el grupo de camellos que acostumbraba a visitar junto a mi abuelo antes de que desapareciese de mi vista para siempre. All the while, I should not forget that when I finish this state of prayer I find myself submerged in, the tasbi, that type of Muslim rosary, ought to be saved as if it were a relic. Mientras tanto, no debo olvidar que, cuando termine el estado de oración en el que me encuentro sumido, el tasbi, especie de rosario musulmán, debe ser guardado como si de una reliquia se tratase. Set next to a group of hard-boiled eggs, like those prepared in the Catholic Church each afternoon. 
colocado al lado de un grupo de huevos cocidos, como los que se acostumbran consumir en la iglesia católica cada atardecer. A prayer rosary, Tasby, that in some way could bring the reader closer to the mystery that only the vision of a group of sheep grazing among rocks is capable of creating. Let us have faith in it. Un rosario, un rosario de oración, Tasby, que será capaz de llevar al lector al misterio que solo la visión de un grupo de ovejas pastando en un roquedal es capaz de crear. Confiemos en ello. Thank you. Gracias. just like to thank Skylight and Vernon one more time for having us. We have copies of Jacob the Mutant as well as a couple of Mario's other books. And I encourage you when you get home, when you're seeking to make sense of all of this, to visit phonymedia.org where you can find a wide range of videos that we've shot with Mario around the world from Argentina to Bangladesh. And, you know, in which he expounds on many of his theories about uh, Mariotic chaos. So again, thank you guys. Gracias. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by. And we hope to see you soon.